Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Kingsway Podcast from Pastor Sean. You are about to hear a message from a recent Sunday service. We consider it a privilege to be on a spiritual journey with you. So take a few moments with us and allow God to inspire you today. Today, this message is an important one. And before I even show you the first slide, before I even get into this message, I wanted to tee it up like so. This message was one where the Lord began to put it together a few weeks ago, and I wasn't sure when I was going to preach it. And I knew exactly what the Lord wanted me to say. I just wasn't sure when he wanted me to say it, which is, can be particularly stressful because as in last night, I was planning a message, and the Lord said that this message that I'm about to share is the one we're going to share this morning. And I asked him, I said, Lord, do you mind me asking why? Why are you switching up on me? Like, I like to stay on my schedule and my routine, and now you're flipping me up. Amber's going to be confused. My wife's going to be confused because they all help me with the service. Why are you doing this? And I got no answer. And so I just became obedient, and I continued to prepare the message. And I put it together, and I was praying last night and again praying this morning about this message and why is it so important. And it wasn't until I showed up into this church and began to walk around and and, and, and talking to some of you that it became more obvious and apparent to me what this message is for and why. If you are here today, if you are in this message, if you are listening to this message today, if you are in this service today, this message was handpicked by God for you. It is not for everyone. Many times at the last service on a course of a year, pastors will do a filler message. They'll just do something to get you excited for the new year. They'll, they'll just do something that's old hat and pull it out of the, out of the uh, uh, filing cabinet. And they'll preach it and just get through the 2017 so they can get right into 2018 where all the exciting stuff is happening. But I tell you, for whatever reason, this morning the Lord has this message prepared for you in 2017 to not dismiss 2017, to include this as part of the capstone to the year. Are you ready for it? This is an important message. And if it was up for me, and if I was meeting with the pastors and the board, I'd say, no way I'm preaching it today. Only half the church is going to hear it. But I'm not in control, amen? The Lord is. So if you're here, I really encourage you to dial in, because this is just for you. This is a gift. Many of us have received gifts, and it's nice to receive a gift that's handpicked for you. Because if you don't tell people what you want, who knows what you're going to get at Christmas time? You could get socks or ties or stuff that doesn't fit or stuff that you won't use, and it could be a waste, and you have to still say, oh, thank you so much for that. And so it's nice to know when something was handpicked just for you because you wanted it or you said something to someone, and they said, yeah, this is for you. God has gifts prepared just for you. How do you get these gifts? How does God bless you? We've talked about blessing and gifts for a period of time, but today I want to specifically talk about prayers. And the, and the way I want to tee this up is based on the spirit of missions that we're doing today. Today is Mission Sunday. I have a story, a true story I want to read you about missions. This is a missionary. Her name is Dr. Helen Rosevere. She's a, mission, a missionary to uh, Zaire. And she told this story. A mother at our mission station while she died after giving birth to a premature baby. We tried to improvise an incubator to keep the infant alive, but the only hot water bottle we had was beyond repair. So we asked the children, 
We asked the children to pray for the baby and for her sister. One of the little girls responded, Dear God, please, please send a hot water bottle today. Tomorrow will be too late because by then the baby will pass away. And dear Lord, send a dolly for the sister so she won't feel so lonely. That afternoon, a large package arrived. It was from England. The children watched eagerly as we opened it. And much to their surprise, under some clothing, there it was, a hot water bottle. Immediately, the girl who had prayed so earnestly started to dig deeper, exclaiming, well, if God sent that, I'm sure he also sent the doll. And she was right. The Heavenly Father knew in advance of that child's sincere heavenly request. And five months earlier, he had a ladies' group, and they included both of those specific articles and sent them. You see, church, God has plans for you. God knows what you need. He understands what's about to happen. But he allows us to live our lives, and for some reason, he wants prayer to be a part of it. Yes, communication is important between us and our Father and our relationship and the love bond we have with our spiritual Father. Yes, that is one part of prayer. But for some reason, he has asked us to pray for others. And when we do, miracles happen. This miracle happened clearly because this little girl prayed for a water bottle and a dolly. Now you may say, the package would have arrived without the little girl praying. Maybe it took five months to get there. Maybe it arrived a week later. Maybe it got lost in the mail. Who knows? But it arrived that day. Why that day? Coincidence? I think not. That is a direct heavenly response to prayer because of her praying for one another. Amen? To be very clear, I believe in prayer. I believe prayer changes things. I believe prayer can change the world around us. I've seen prayer change in my own life. I've sat in a hospital room and heard the doctor say, there is no hope. I've heard the prognosis be not too good. I've heard them when they've come to the altar and told me the doctor said this, the doctor said that. They won't graduate high school. They won't get a degree. They won't walk. They won't be healed of cancer. And I've seen God change it. I believe in prayer. I believe that we serve an, an almighty father. I, we believe that we serve a God who can do all things. He's everywhere father. He's all-knowing father. He's all-powerful father. He's all father. He is our father. So I believe in prayer. I believe it's powerful. I believe it changes people. I believe through prayer we can seek salvation and receive it from Jesus Christ. I believe through prayer our lives can be changed. However, I believe that many churches don't prioritize prayer. I believe America doesn't prioritize prayer. I believe our schools don't prioritize prayer. I believe our government doesn't prioritize prayer. And I believe many of our families don't prioritize prayer, even including my own. We don't pray enough. Praying at night, praying at the dinner table, it's not enough. Praying when your kids are hurt and sick, it's not enough. You see, I believe 
that America, I believe Christians in America, maybe around the world, but I can only speak for America, I believe most Christians when it comes to prayer, pray lazy, pray weak, and pray unsure. Lazy, we get around the praying when we get to it. Our prayers are weak at times. They lack power in those prayers. And, and, and we're unsure. We're not real sure if God's going to do something or not. So we generally pray general prayers because, you know, when you pray a general prayer, then you know, it's, it doesn't feel so awkward. God bless them. God help me. God, I hope, I hope, I pray, X, Y, Z. And, and, and I wonder today if we can change that. I wonder if in 2018, prayer can be a position of strength. Prayer can be a position of urgency. Prayer can be in a position of certainty. I wonder today if prayer can be restored in our churches the way it was always meant to be. What do you think? There's a great quote. It says, I'd rather pray great prayers than be a great preacher. The quote looks like this. I'd rather pray than be a great preacher. Jesus Christ never taught his disciples how to preach, but he did teach them how to pray. Look, that is what I pray. I don't go home at night and pray that God would allow me to preach creative sermons that would blow your mind every week. Because blowing your mind would only allow you, maybe, if you're interested, to wake up Sunday morning or think about Saturday and say, oh, the pastor's preaching. Maybe I'll come to church because he preaches good sermons. Eventually, that will wear off. Eventually you'll be tired. Eventually the drive will be too far. Eventually the weather will, will destroy you. You see, there has to be something else going on at church other than the pastor, other than the music. There has to be God's spirit moving in the church, doing things, changing things. And I believe that if we can be great prayers, we can change this church, this community, and this world. A church, I want to be a part of a church that prays. As a matter of fact, as one reason I'm standing here at this very pulpit, my wife and I, we visited many churches, churches we put in high regard, churches whose pastors I revere with a lot of respect. Churches that I appreciate, churches that have great ministries, ministries that are doing really well. But at times of prayer, in times when my family needed prayer, when we went for prayer, it was hard to find. It was hard to get. I just think that prayer should be easily accessible and we should be good at it. Amen? Okay. So why am I preaching this message right now? Well, I told you the Lord told me to. What does it have to do with December 31st? I think it has everything to do with New Year's resolutions. Anybody know what a New Year's resolution is? Come on, wake up, church. Anybody know what a New Year's resolution is? Amen. You can say amen, you can say God is good, you say something, just say something. Because we need to make sure that you can hear this message. In New Year's resolutions, they look something like this. They are usually things about your health. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to work out. Maybe I'm going to quit smoking. Right? Or, or, or maybe there's something about uh, not just your physical body, but maybe your financial well-being. I'm going to get a better job in 2018. Or maybe I'm going to save more money in 2018. Or maybe I'm going to pay off the debt finally in 2018. Or the one I'd wish all of you would put on your New Year's resolution. I'm going to get on a budget in 2018. Um, so there's financial, there's physical. Then there's, there's, there's mental things that people put. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy life. 
I'm going to find love. I'm going to stress less. I mean, okay. And maybe there are times where we put even spiritual resolutions in there, right? I'm going to read my Bible. L- love that one. I'm going to read my Bible daily. No plan to do it, right? You're just going to open it up and just start reading it, right? Or, or you try one of those, um, you know, read your Bible on a year plans, right? And, you know, you're going to start that literally on January 1st. Why? Well, because it's so much easier to start on January 1st. Don't, don't start November or December. Just wait. So by the time you get to January 1st, you're ready to go, right? And then that lasts for about how long? So, so there are all sorts of resolutions that are cast and will be cast today, tonight, and tomorrow. I always think the best and funniest resolution of all of them is I'm going to keep one of my New Year's resolutions. Right? I just, you know, I wonder if we're ever able to do that. But as I thought about New Year's resolutions and I thought about prayer, I realized both have something very similar in common. Now, I got all these from Google, and I went, and if you look at almost any of the top 10 New Year's resolutions of any year, they all look very similar, and they all look a lot like the prayers that we pray most often in our day-to-day life. What I notice is most of these resolutions, if not all, and most of our prayers, if not all, are very self-centered. They're focused on me. There's nothing wrong with having a better me. There's nothing wrong with being a better me. There's nothing wrong with being a better version of yourself and striving to get there. The problem is we encourage you to do that through Jesus because a better version of you outside of Jesus is not a version of you I care to know, but a version of you living for Jesus with Jesus in you is a version that we write stories about in the Bible. Unfortunately, we treat life like a vending machine. What can I get out of life? What does it have for me? What can I get it for me and my life? And as you go into 2018, many of you may be thinking in your mind, what does 2018 have in store for me? Like a vending machine. You go up to it and you pick A1, success. You know, B7, money. I don't know. E3, a new pool. F1, the love of my life. And do we at times treat prayer this way as a vending machine? I think we do. So I have a video to show you exactly what I'm thinking. Dear God, thank you for your goodness. Lord, I know you want me to be blessed and happy. And that's why, God, I pray you, please, let me have this Corvette I've been looking at. I really like it. And God, if it be your will, please make it cherry red. Amen. Lord, I'm single. And I'd really like to find that special someone. I kind of thought you'd have this problem figured out by now. Anyway, now is the time, Lord. Make it happen. Bring me a man. Lord, I know it is your desire to make your children happy. And I've got a situation here. Um, 
all of my neighbors have gotten in-ground pools. I'm the only one on the block that doesn't have one. God, you can do better than this. As you know, Lord, I just released my first album, and it's not getting the kind of attention I hoped for. God, I know that you are capable of anything. You're all-powerful. So please, Lord, make my album trend. Make it trend, Lord, make it trend. Ignite social media with your holy fire so that I may be glorified in all I do. Amen. going on? Uh-oh. Why isn't this working? Come on! I want this car! God, give it to me! Right now! Hello? <laughs> Hello? I don't understand! Where's my pool? Why is this not working? What is wrong with this thing? God, what are you doing? I want this! What is going on? Look out in front of my friends! Are you kidding me? Come on, God. What am I supposed to do? Are you listening to me? Give me a break here! Uh, this is stupid! God, come on! What is the matter? God, I want my car! Ugh, God, are you even listening to me? God, are you even listening to me? What if, what if, that is the series that I'm going to preach the next two, three weeks here. What if, the what if question today around prayer is what if, what if God was listening to you? What would he hear in your prayer life? Would he hear anything? Do you pray at all? Like, at all? Five seconds? Ten seconds? What would he hear if you just had a recap of just your prayers and listened to that for an hour or ten seconds or three days? What would he hear? What if God was not listening? How would that impact you if he was no longer listening to your prayers? What if... What if there were no more prayer? I want you to think about that. So better state, the question looks like this. What if God stopped answering your prayers? What if God stopped answering your prayers? This is the question I want you to get inside your spirit, man, today. First, in the positive, how many of you depend on God daily? How many of you depend on God weekly or monthly? I was having a conversation with somebody in the church recently about some things that needed to happen and some phone calls that needed to happen. I was encouraging this person to pray before he makes the phone call. Now he said, all the people he's calling, he knows really well. He's talked to them this week. He's spoken to them. They're all friends. Why do I need to pray? Because God can change things. 
The amazing thing is, he did pray, he did make the phone calls, and after it was all done, God completely transformed the situation better than he thought he would. So what if God stopped answering your prayers? Now, if you don't pray at all, the answer to your question is it wouldn't matter at all because I don't pray because I live my life, I do my thing, and I don't need to pray. Okay, that's a possibility. The question is rooted in what are we praying about? What are you praying about? Are all of your prayers about yourself? The question better stated, if your prayer failed to be answered, would it even matter? Would it matter? In the grand scheme of life, in the world, would it matter if your prayer, whatever you're praying for today, would it matter? Now, I want to tell you, I really believe in prayer. I, I, prayer is very important to me. We have these, these yellow little cards here. They're in your pews. In every pew, there's one of these little yellow cards, unless Adeline got to them. There is a, these yellow ones are for prayer requests. If you have a prayer request, if you have something you're praying about, something that is important and personal to you, or something that you need God to move in, we want you to fill out these, these prayer requests. And I don't care if they're all about you. Put them in there, and I'll tell you why in a few moments. But put what you want in there. You can put them in the offering plate. You can fold them up if you don't want people to see. You can put them in the little envelope and put them in the offering plate. And we get them, and we pray for these. You can fold them up and put them in, you can give them to me at the end of service. But I encourage you, if you have prayer requests, to, to fill one of these out. People do all the time, and we pray for them. But what if our prayers failed to be heard? Would it matter? Because if our prayers are all focused on ourselves, and one of those things that the vending machine was pointing out, if God failed to answer that, how would that impact anything? State the question yet another way. What if God granted you for certain one answered prayer? What would it be? You For certain. He says, I'm going to answer the next prayer you give up. What would that prayer be? I want you to get it in your head. I want you to think about that. Because the way I look at Scripture, and we're going to get into it in a second here, is how would the world change if he answered our prayers? How would the world change? Are you praying prayers that would even change the world if they were answered? Or are you praying prayers that should God answer that would have no impact on those around us? Are we focused more on us or those around us? You know, it's funny. I see often, and I don't spend any time. I spend almost zero. My wife spends all the time for our family on Facebook. <laughs> we a lot so much, and she uses it all. And on Facebook, I notice, because she'll, she'll read this to me. She'll read so-and-so or so-and-this, and she's on the car. She likes to read Facebook, and she'll tell me. I realize that on Facebook, many people like to get real. They like to tell you how they feel on Facebook. They like to tell you what's wrong with their community. They like to tell you what's wrong with their state, with their government. They like to tell you what's wrong with the world. They like to tell you what's wrong with Walmart. They like to tell you what's wrong with whatever. And a lot of times, they got a lot of opinions on how to fix it. Well, this should happen, that should happen, this should happen. People like to get real on Facebook. I'm just suggesting, when are we going to get real, I suppose, on our knees by laying our face down? And not talking and trying to solve problems on Facebook, 
but telling God what we really see as the problems around the world, what we really see as problems in our life. You know, if you take the same commentary and narrative we put on Facebook and just pray it to God, maybe he'd do something about it. Maybe that would be the prayer he answered. Amen? All right, let's look at Scripture, world changers, because that's what you need to be. That's what this message is about. We need to be world changers. Kingsway needs to be a world changer. We can't keep walking around this world and not making an impact on those around us. We got to, even if it's just us, this remnant, this group of people right here, right now, the ones listening to me today at Kingsway, we need to stand up and be prepared to be world changers. But maybe you ask yourself the question, does God... Does God even hear anything? Does God even hear us? Let's look at scripture. It says, 1 John 5, verse 14, and we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. It's in your Bible too. You can read it. It says, he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. We can be confident in our prayers when we ask for something if it pleases God. You see, church, he wants to answer your prayers. He does hear and listen to you. He does want to change. He changed the course of the universe at one point. Back in the time of Moses, he literally stopped the sun from coming down. Physically impossible. Spiritually, definitely happened. Why did he do this? Because we began to pray for other people. Look, it says right here, James 5, 16. You know what pleases God? It's so simple. I put it in such simple words. Quote from John 5, 16. It says, pray for each other. Yeah, James 5, 16. Pray for each other. Miracles happen when we pray for one another. You want to experience something amazing? You want to experience something awesome? Why don't you consider praying some awesome prayers, some amazing prayers? Why don't you consider praying something that would allow you to influence your neighbors or the people you work with or to influence this community? Wouldn't you consider today praying for something that if God answered, the news reporters would come and interview you to find out why? That is world-changing. You see, I believe that when we pray for others, and I want to share this with you, I believe when we pray for others, just three things really quickly. When we pray for others, one, if you just go up to somebody, hey, I, I want to pray for you, Brother Roy. I pray God gives you a good day. I pray that you're blessed. I pray that, that, that God loves you because I know he does, and I pray you love him. Amen. Maybe he gets something out of that. But it's kind of like Christmas. If you don't tell the person what you want, you're going to get that kind of stuff. And that's great, I guess. That's better than nothing. But you can consider, hey, Miss Angie, how can I pray for you? Maybe she'll share something, maybe she won't, but she'll certainly be thinking it. Let's be more specific when we pray. That allows us to have certainty and get rid of this unsure prayers. Because when I pray for her specifically and God does it, now we know God's at work. Amen? And when we pray, pray with boldness. Oh, I'm not sure if God's going to do it. Look, 
God gave his only son for you and me. There is nothing in heaven he will withhold. So when you pray, pray with boldness. And if you do it for someone else, you're already pleasing God because you're praying for someone else. So you're in a whole new level of freedom when you're praying for someone else. Pray for that person and pray in boldness. Pray in a way you would never pray for yourself. Pray for that person. And here's the last thing about praying for somebody else. Stop being lazy and tell people, I'll add you to the prayer list or I'll do it when I get home. Just pray right now. Act like today is the last day on the planet earth. Act like today is the last, year, the last day of the year. Because it is. And pray. I'm going to pray for you in 2017. I'm going to pray right now. You can pray in five seconds. She says, oh, look, I'm not feeling so good. Lord, I pray that you will heal her. The word says that you will heal her. Heal her in Jesus' name. Amen. And don't forget to tell me about it when you're healed. I mean, there, I did that in 10 seconds. Church, you can do this. And if God answers that prayer, she's going to go around and tell everyone, hey, this guy in the grocery store just prayed for me and I got healed. Where's that grocery store? I'm going getting some of that. This happened to Chris and I at a football game. We went to a football game. Him and I are playing football out on the field and we're praying for one another. One of our players, I think it was Eric, or it wasn't Eric, somebody, I don't know, got hurt on our own football field. One of people from Kingsway. We got down and prayed for them. They got off the field and were able to walk off and go to the sideline and ended up not being major. Somebody else saw us praying for them. They came and said, can you pray for me? God is pleased when we pray for others. It will matter if God answers it. If we begin to put our prayers more outwardly focused, God will honor that. It pleases him and he will begin to change the world. Let's look at Daniel chapter 9. I'm going to read it. You can open your Bibles up if you like. But this is the prime example of what I'm talking about. In Daniel chapter 9, Daniel is the famous character. You know, Daniel in the lion's den. And Daniel is... Here in chapter 9, he is struggling with what's going on. And he says in chapter 9, he says in verse 2, During the first year of reign, I learned from reading the word of the Lord. You can learn a lot from reading the Bible. Even Daniel read the Bible. Maybe, maybe we should read the Bible. He learned, as he revealed to Jeremiah the prophet, that Jerusalem must lie desolate for 70 years. Verse 3, So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and fasting. He began to plead for the people of Israel. He began to fast for the people of Israel. By the way, if you need something desperately in your life, if you need a prayer to be answered desperately in your life, if you've prayed and prayed and prayed and nothing's happening, it's not happening fast enough, or you can't see the lights out of the tunnel, and you've gone to the past, you've been anointed with oil, you've been prayed for, it's still not happening, have you considered fasting? That's another sermon. Verse... It then says, I also wore burlap and sprinkled myself with ashes. He sprinkled himself with ashes because he knew that he was about, he was about to go to God in prayer and basically begin to repent for all the people. He knew he was unclean. He knew he was unrighteous. He knew he had done wrong. So he wanted to feel that way. So he put ashes on him. And he went on, and you can see this prayer. I encourage you, if you want some homework today, to read chapter 9. There's only a couple verses here where he goes on and on and on about how he prays for the people of Israel. And all of it has to do with asking for forgiveness, repenting for what they've done, trying for God to give them mercy in the midst of, of their actions. And he prays and he prays and he prays. And I want to share this with you as it ends here. You read through and it goes through 4, 5, 6, 18, 19. And then it finishes up in 21. And as I was praying, 
Gabriel, whom I'd seen in the vision, came swiftly to me at that time. In verse 22, and this is what I want to share with you. He explained to me, Daniel, I have come here to give you insight and understanding. The moment you began praying, a command was given. Do you see, when you begin to pray for other people, the moment you intend to do that and you open your mouth and begin to do that, whether by yourself at home, whether in church, whether in a grocery store, the moment you begin to pray for other people, God takes notice. And he begins to declare and decree commands, blessings, rearrangements, miracles, freedoms, restorations. Do you understand, church? You want to get the ear of God today? Consider praying for someone else. The way I like to think about it is to look to the world when we pray. Today is Mission Sunday, and when on Mission Sunday, we looked at these missionaries, and we think about these missionaries, and I want to encourage you to look to the world when we pray, to not just look at our life and our home and our little circle, but to look broadly, look to our community, look to our world. How can you pray a prayer that if God would answer, would change the very world we live in? Because if God stopped answering your prayers, I want it to matter. If God did not answer Daniel, it would have mattered. If God did not answer Moses, it would have mattered. If God did not answer Jesus, it would have mattered. If God does not answer your prayers, I want it to matter. And maybe if you start praying prayers that matter, maybe God will start answering them with renewed inspiration and timing. Amen? There's another card here. We have these yellow ones, and there's also these blue ones. These blue ones are praise reports. And what I want to encourage you to do is I want you, if you should feel led to, those are for praise reports. This means if, if something good has gone in your life, you write it here, and then we, we talk about it in our meeting, and then, you know, we come, and sometimes we tell it in front of the whole church. But I want you to use these blue cards in, in the coming weeks for something else right now. I want you, if you want, to pray for someone else, to tell me you want to pray for someone else. I want you to put your name on it. My name is Sean Simon, and in the praise details, just give me a way to contact you. Give me a number, an email, something, and just, just, you could just write there, I want to pray for someone. I want to be a prayer buddy. I want to see who I can get to help me be a prayer buddy. You're not going to pick who to pray for. I'll call you, or somebody from my staff will call you, and they'll tell you who to pray for. We'll even tell you what to pray for. And hopefully, maybe that'll lead to you contacting that person or, or going and talking to that person. If you don't want to, that's okay. You can do it all in the privacy of your home. But I want you to be able to pray for somebody, and I want it to be ordained. And so if you want to pray for somebody, if you believe what I'm saying, I want you to fill out one of these cards, put your name on it, say, I want to pray for somebody. And you can put it, there's going to be a plate in the back there. You can put it in the plate on the way out. And it'll be a couple weeks to do that, and we'll contact you over the couple weeks. Amen? Amen? If you believe it, I want to put it into action. We're also going to start a war room. A war room is a room where we're going to pray for other people actively, together, before church, after church, on other days. Um, and if that's something that interests you, I want you to begin to pray about that and see how you may fit into becoming a prayer warrior with us. Why, you ask? 
Why do I need to get you guys concerned about prayer and praying for other people? Well, I want your prayers to be answered, A. B, I want your prayers to matter. But C, for Kingsway, I want to share this story with you. Which is more powerful, an empire or the prayers of a child? I've already shared with you the prayers of one child. Listen to this prayer. Pastor John, uh, Jonathan Kahn, he, he shared this story. There was once a little English boy who ended his prayers every night with the words, Lord, we would not forget your ancient people, Israel. Hasten the day when Israel shall again be your people. He's English, by the way. Shall again be your people and shall be restored to your favor and to their land. At that time of his prayers, you see, the Jewish people had been living in exile for nearly 18 centuries. The land of Israel was in the hands of the Ottoman Empire and Islamic power that had occupied it for nearly 400 years and had no intention of giving it back. But the scriptures contained a clear promise and a prophecy that God would one day bring his ancient people back to their homeland. So that is what the little boy prayed for. And what happened, you ask? Well, the First World War happened, and the Ottoman Empire began to collapse. The British army, under General Edmund Allenby, he gained the land of Israel and the holy city of Jerusalem. The British Empire then decreed that the land should again become the homeland of the Jewish people. What happened to the little boy? Well, his prayers were answered, amen. But he also, he grew up, and he ended up enlisting himself into the army. The British army, and he was ultimately elevated to the rank of general. He, in fact, was General Edmund Allenby. He was the same who defeated the Ottoman Empire, the same who won the land of Israel. God fulfilled the prayers of the little boy and his ancient promise through the little boy. And so now, as to the question, what is more powerful, the prayers of a little boy or an empire? In God's hand, the prayers of a little boy are stronger than empires. The prayers of power is greater than kingdoms. It not only changes lives, but it changes history itself. The story of man is filled with such accounts. Nations turning on a prayer. And the one who prays in the will of God ended up being the chosen vessel, the changer of the world, a world changer. You see, I believe that as you begin to pray for other people, I believe that as you begin to get serious about what's going on in our community, I believe God will begin to inspire you and call you to new dimensions of your ministry. And I don't care if we haven't even started the ministry yet or if we know nothing about it. We will figure that out because I believe that God can do all things. And I believe that as we start doing this, we will look to the world, the lost, the hopeless, the hungry, and we will begin to give them something they have not seen before. Amen? We at Kingsway hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor Sean. It was not by chance you listened to it. God is speaking to you. Visit kingswaycc.org to find the podcast from Pastor Sean. We pray today that this somehow inspired you to draw closer to God and to connect with His people, His purpose, and His power. God bless you.